G'day, I'm Scott Sanders from Reach Australia. Welcome to the Reach Australia podcast. Today, I'm talking with Greg Lee. Greg Lee is the lead pastor at Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle, New South Wales. My sense was church needed two things at either end of the spectrum. They needed a big vision that now is the time for the gospel to keep going out. Mm. This is not God's first pandemic song. But they also needed a pastor, uh, somebody holding their hand, if you like, and saying, it's going to be okay. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders, and you've tuned in to the Reach Australia podcast, a podcast that's all about healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches. G'day, Greg. How's, how's things? Really good. This is my first day back after five days off, so I'm loving life. Yeah. So what did, what, did a holiday, what did a holiday look like? Yeah, I went from the backyard to the front yard to inside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, what I actually did was I watched 10 hours of documentary on World War I. Um, I don't really know much about war history. It's not really my thing. Um, it was fascinating and depressing. Yeah. Okay. And which, can I just ask, I love war history. So which, which, perspective, which perspective was it from? Was it from the Allies or from uh, uh, Germany? It was a BBC thing uh, based on the history by a man named Hugh Strawn. Um, okay. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, um, it, that's got to be a whole other episode on uh, leadership <laughs> lessons from uh, World War I. Okay. Well, <laughs> today we're talking about uh, the mission of the church. And, and in some ways, I'm asking you a question. It, success is the wrong word, I think. But what, is it, what does success look like for a church during COVID-19? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, uh, commanded us we've got to make disciples that brings challenges and opportunities in this time so what what are your aims as a church during COVID-19 Greg? Yeah we sat down at the beginning and said our vision for this uh, is still the same as beforehand this is not God's first pandemic um, he hasn't been caught by surprise so the kingdom's still got to grow uh, we still got to uh, keep preaching the gospel trying to reach the lost praying for people to be saved um, and so we came up with three very clear goals for this season. One was evangelism, growing the kingdom. Uh, another was to look after our sheep during a vulnerable time. And then the third one was to stay united because we can tell that uh, one of the scriptures, one of the things the scriptures warn us about is in hard times we'll struggle with unity. But the first one was keep growing the kingdom, keep evangelizing, uh, keep trying to find people. If there's a unique opportunity, isn't it, in an uncertain time? So, so. I think one of you know one of the things that pastors are, are prone to do is to put unrealistic expectations on themselves, and so so they're sort of the big broad goals. But what are that? What does it actually look like to achieve that? What's the what's the outcome for uh, growing disciples, for shepherding the flock, and for staying united? Have you actually articulated, I guess, the result that you're looking for at the end of of this time? It was difficult to get a number. So because none of us have been through this before, um, it was difficult to get a number. I heard. Uh, someone saying they hope to grow by 25%, which I thought was a really, that's an exciting goal. Um, we've had, I think it's something like five or six people become Christians during this time. Um, we've had, I think about 25 or 30 people begin investigating Christianity in a kind of meaningful way. So we've had lots of visitors and, you know, we'll talk about that. But in terms of people saying, yes, I want to join the life course, um, there's been 25 or 30 people we set a goal that we were hoping that 30 people would become Christians during COVID. So is that, a, is that sort of more or less than what it was last year? If you compare it to last year, is it more, is it less, is it the same? Um, it's hard to, well, it's, oh, gee. 
It's hard to know because uh, we're running life differently. Mm. Uh, so normally we would be running the life course in multiple different formats in multiple different ways. So there'd be a huge funnel. It feels like the, the invitations are up. So just speaking anecdotally, it feels like the invitations are up and it certainly feels like um, for this term, uh, the end of term one, moving into term two, the number of people in the life course is up compared to last year. Yeah. 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 So I think Hurdy said last week in a conversation, it's never been easier to get my friends to listen to church or to, or to get along. Yeah. He, he was helpful in saying, listen to church, not get along to church, come yeah. to church, but listen to church. I agree. The, thinking about churches uh, and joining church as a funnel, I don't think it's ever been easier to get, um, or not in our lifetime, to get people into the start of the funnel, the biggest mm. edge of the funnel. Um, yeah, so we're all, you know, everyone's talking about the number of views they get. Um, from our point of view, the number of people I hear inviting their family members to watch and the number of family members who, who just jump in because it's novel, higher than ever. Um, mm. There are still the challenges about incorporating people into church, but I agree with her to that. So you mentioned you heard someone say 25%, you know, growth was an exciting goal. Uh, yeah. You know, is it, a, is it achievable? Is it realistic? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, we talk about goal setting in terms of um, now, where, how. Um, uh, in, this, in this time, it's... Um, the, the where and the how have to have a relationship to each other, don't they? So mm. we know where we are now. We know where we want to get to. How are we going to get there? Um, it, it, feel, uh, it feels like it would be difficult to say how, this is how we're going to grow by 25%. Um, I think some goals are meant to be aspirational and inspirational, aren't they? Yep. Some goals are definitely working goals. Um, my guess is that's an aspirational and inspirational goal. Yeah, um, and and I think you I think you're helpful great. in saying I think you're helpful in saying that the how you're trying a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff is new stuff. A lot of stuff is repurposing for the online world. Old yeah. stuff that worked. You're going to give it a like. There's a lot of people innovating, giving it a crack, yeah. seeing how they go. Yeah. Um, and as you say, to set that that bigger, larger goal, hopefully means you you're sort of throwing a bit more uh, yeah. of the kitchen sink, uh, you know, at the problem. Yeah, first time we ever do anything, most of the time we're a bit rubbish. This is our first pandemic, so I think the next one <laughs> we'll probably nail. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying a bunch of different stuff and, and operating on gut feel. And by and large, if you've been in ministry for a while, your gut feels pretty good. Mm. And so that's what we're all doing. I'd love to see us grow by 25%. I, for me, I use that to inspire our team with it. Now, you're, you're, you're a big church. Uh, an average Sunday when you were gathering... Uh, normally would have been about 800, 850 people. What's realistic for a smaller church and a smaller church, you know, solo pastor, they don't, they don't have a team of people around them. What do you think is more realistic? Well, that's where I think there is a real advantage here for the smaller church in that um, the number of people watching on a Sunday in some sense is irrelevant. Mm. Um, Because, you know, if they're watching from Finland, we're not really going to be able to follow them up anyway. Um, but if we can take people, our big thing for people um, tuning in is we want them to commit one step further than they have so far. That's mm. been our big thing. Get people to commit one step further. Um, that means as they're watching, we've been wanting them to um, put comments in a YouTube thing. Uh, we want them to fill in the card. And then if they've been invited by a friend, we want that friend to keep inviting them back. And then we want them to sign up to life. They're all things you can do just as easily in a small church as a big church. 
Mm. Um, the, um, the quality of production and the resources might be different, but the ability to follow up each individual person, and especially because our best contacts are still invited by friends, um, this is where I think a small church can reasonably expect to grow really well during this time, as long as they've got a good pathway for people to join. They know what they're doing there. So um, there, there's, there's a danger, I think, in this, you know, of, of Christian consumerism. You know, it's never been more easy for me to go and visit, uh, you know, a church in another state or a church that I've always wanted to, you know, visit or a church with a better music team or a better preacher. Is that, is that really, you know, does the smaller church have an advantage um, in having people that actually in this time want to remain connected with their church family, want to remain connected with their church? And so really it doesn't really matter the production quality or the production quality doesn't have to be amazing necessarily to keep your people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I was watching Tim Baldwin's one. Um, and so Tim Baldwin is on uh, a new church plant up on the uh, Coffs Harbour, so north coast of New South yeah. Wales. So it's only a young church, a small church, only 35, 40 people. Yeah. And have they, they, might, have they even launched formally? Yeah, not, they've only been soft launching and then this kind yeah. of all happened. So they're pre, I mean, it's fantastic. Um, and it is, it's not designed to be this really slick production. It's very real. Uh, it's really warm. That's fantastic. Um, now it helps that we all know Tim, so we love him and you know, want to like it. Um, but what he's instinctively done is build it for the size that he's at and the people that he's trying to reach. And so it's all about relationship. Um, I don't think that, that necessarily those two things are opposed to each other. You can have really high production and really warm at the same time. Mm. But I wonder if sometimes uh, as we're putting things together, we forget that both have to be addressed. So mm. we either go for warm and not worry about production or we assume production equals warmth, but they both have to be right. So it, it's helpful in your goals. I, I want to I move on. Like making disciples means not only seeing new people one to Christ, but also means seeing people already in Christ growing and maturing uh, in their walk uh, and their relationship with Jesus. Uh, you put down there the, the shepherding goal as well. So what are your goals? What are your goals for your already Christian people in your church? What are your hopes? Yeah, well, this is an enormous chance to grow, isn't it? So we, the reason we changed across in our preaching program to James is we, we wanted people to see that in trials, we actually persevere and become like Christ. Mm. Um, and so we talked about people growing in patience, growing in a sense of community, um, learning to love church and the idea of church in our church more, um, wanting people to grow in um, their sense of generosity. So normally most people in the Western world, we don't really need church. We don't really need each other because we're doing, we're fairly um, competent, but we knew that a bunch of people would need each other and therefore we had to grow in our generosity um, we wanted people to grow in prayerfulness so there's a list of kind of eight or ten things there that all are a product of a trial leading to perseverance leading to maturity hmm. and yeah we're hearing the right kinds of stories there from church and then finally the stay united was that more for your team or that was a whole church goal what what kind of forced you to be thinking okay in this time of a pandemic where we're forced to go into our homes, is that going to create greater, you know, greater grumbling? Is that going to create greater uh, division in the church? Because we're going to look, I'm going to say, well, you've got a backyard and a front yard. You can go on holidays on both your backyard and front. I've only got my two bedroom unit. And courtyard. And, you know, and my courtyard <laughs> and you've got a garden and, and my herb garden's died. And uh, yeah. what, what, what 
sense you, well, what sense did the team say, we need to have this as a, a key outcome? Yeah, Philippians really helps us there, doesn't it? So the, um, as Paul's writing to them, the Philippian church uh, seems to be being persecuted, but also there is this real challenge of, um, of unity. Um, and so one of the ways Christians can respond to trials is either to blame God or start blaming each other. Mm. And so we, um, we could see that that was a danger straight away. We knew it was going to be a danger in the staff team and then we went, oh, but not just the staff team, everyone else as well. Um, and so we've been talking a lot about patience, generosity of spirit, um, assuming the best of people, um, staying close. That whole adage of um, absence makes the heart grow fonder, it just doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. It just makes it easier for me to think the worst of you. Naming those dynamics, we've talked about it in both in staff team and in church. We've really worked hard to get people to join Zoom community groups after church because we want them to eyeball people and we want them to do more than just consume the program but to relate to people afterwards, um, just kind of moving from the program to relationship. And, yeah. and what's something that's changed in your leadership style or what have you had to sort of pivot to because, you know, in order to in, you know, reduce this or increase this unitedness in your team? Hmm. In terms of my leadership style, uh, I've been more, a little bit more confessional hmm. during this time. So as I'm talking to the team, uh, talking about the things that I'm personally struggling with, um, and I've been a little bit more personal. So I think in another podcast I talked about doing my quiet times online and putting personal reflections. In some sense, I think uh, I've spent the last 10 years weaning church off my personal pastoring um, impact, uh, input. You know, we're not meeting with people one-to-one. Um, in the last three months, I've wanted to draw everyone, including the staff team, a little bit closer not by meeting with them one-to-one, but by taking them more into my thought and my prayer life. So I've definitely become more confessional and uh, personal in the last five, six weeks. And that's, that's obviously one of the advantages of, of the, online, the online space where you can do the one-to-many quite easily, but, you've, yeah. you bet, but also have that intimacy of, of the one-to-one. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm interacting with you on a screen and, and it's the two of us, but really uh, you, you can be interacting with 100 people. Yeah, my sense was church needed two things at either end of the spectrum. They needed a big vision that now is the time for the gospel to keep going out. Mm. This is not God's first pandemic song. But they also needed a pastor, uh, somebody holding their hand, if you like, and saying it's going to be okay, especially early on when, you know, the projections for the pandemic were really stark. People, I think, needed this idea of somebody who was walking alongside them. And I thought, how can I do that without ringing everyone? Um, and without creating the expectation that this is, I'm going to be really personal afterwards. And I thought I'm going to take them into my prayer life and into my quiet times. Um, and that seems to have been effective in doing what I hoped it would do. Greg, just to finish up, what, what are, what are your hopes coming out of this for Hunter Bible church? One of our big hopes is that 30 people will become Christians during this time. Um, I hope that, well, my prayer has been that we'll take the kingdom much more seriously. Um, We live in such a comfortable age in such a comfortable country that we haven't had to take the kingdom very seriously. But I think people have become much more serious during this time. Um, Mm. Heaven and hell matter a lot more and that affects, they're much more real. That affects evangelism, it affects obedience. And so the umbrella thing is I think that people have become more serious about the kingdom. 
Well, thanks for uh, joining us on the Reach Australia podcast, Greg. It's been, uh, as always, really uh, useful talking with you. Thanks a lot. If you like what you've heard on the Reach Australia podcast, we'd love it if you'd uh, like us, uh, put, some, put, put, a, put a show note rating, uh, but also we'd love it if you'd share it with others. Uh, we're hoping this podcast will be really useful for uh, seeing healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. Uh, so please share it with your mates. Chat soon. If you've enjoyed what you've been listening to today, we'd love it if you'd uh, leave a review, share uh, or subscribe to this podcast in an ongoing way. If you want more information about Reach Australia, head to reachaustralia.com.au.